0: I read in the Doctors Weekly that smiling is healthier than frowning. The act of smiling releases chemicals in the brain, like serotonin, and that makes a person happy. So, I smile all the time, and I love it when I see the smiles on the faces of others. Pretty smiles are like butterflies in a way. Sometimes when you see a bright and beautiful one, you want to sneak up on it, and fold it in your hands, and place it in a jar, and simply stare at it for days, oh god. Capturing a smile is a bit harder than catching a butterfly, but with diligence and the right preparation, it can be done. Patience plus preparation equals success. So, here goes, how to catch a smile. First, you've got to find the right person with just the right smile. With that ticked off the list, you move on to the next part. The important part, you saw off the head You saw off the head because you need time to cut the jaws out precisely. You can't rush that. Don't try to take the body. Too difficult to transport. You just need the head. Fewer time constraints, less to dispose of. Might sound risky, but if you're careful, you won't leave evidence behind. My first head took over an hour. Getting through the throat wasn't the problem, though. The upper spine was. I was so nervous of being caught, I sawed right through the bone rather than the soft sinew between the vertebra. Rookie mistake. The light was bad. Rain came down in sheets, blurring my vision. I had no idea what I was doing back then. That was also the first time I robbed grave. I must admit, the whole ordeal felt kind of, well, awkward. But you know what? having mother's smile with me forever was worth all the weirdness in the world and all that mud for mother life was no smiling matter not with the raging smashing demon i called dad terrorizing our home night after night dad beat her and swore at her i would hear her softly sobbing into her hands with whimpers of i just want to be happy again why can't I be happy? Whilst cowered up in some corner of our home. Years later, in her final hours as she lay in a hospital bed, tubes stuffed in her mouth and machines breathing for her, I made my beautiful mother a promise. Watching her breasts rise and sink for the last time, I promised her that she would be happy forever. And she is. I rescued her from eternal darkness two days after that awful memorial service. The dirt was still loose and no one was any wiser. Now Mother's smiling again. All of them are. The memories of those clumsy first days cause 43 little muscles in my face to twitch and form a small smile of my own. Since those early days of grave robbing, my methodology has been refined to an art. That's what I really am. An artist misunderstood but an artist nonetheless i spent a lot of time refining this room great art needs a great gallery programmable lights hidden everywhere and this oxblood red recliner it took me quite a while to find the perfect material for my naked skin to be comfortable on but i did it and it's glorious i also added motorized curtains to reveal my masterpiece let's have a look Mmm. Mm, mm. Ah. My god. Look at them. My glass jars shine like glow bugs on a warm summer evening. The serene green light a perfect shade to complement the design. 60 glass jars, 59 perfect sets of teeth, perfect smiles. Each one floating in its own jar of denatured alcohol and distilled water like, well, like a pretty butterfly. Each one bright, white, and delightful. Each one perfect. Each one mine. Yes, that's right, I said, 59. Fifty-nine smiles, <laughs> but sixty jars. One jar stands... empty. Stands right there in the center of my otherwise perfect wall of smiles, the smileless jar. Hey, Jeff! Empty! The hey, jar. jar is empty! It's okay, Jeff. Let's squeeze my eyes shut. Suck in a deep breath. That's it. A mingling scents of liquid fluoride. Ethel and a dash of fresh mint from the air dispenser swirl through my nostrils. It's okay, it's okay, Jeff. The jar won't be empty for much longer. My next candidate has been chosen. All the hours of preparation completed, and tonight that imperfect empty jar will have its next butterfly. And what a bright butterfly she is. The brightest of them all. Hmm, this cool leather really does the trick. Drop the A.C. down a few degrees. There you go, Jeff. It's okay. Eyes open. Ah, all those smiles let me know that I am home, away from the judgment, rejection, and cruelty of this materialistic, shallow, outside world. An oh-so-serious world that has forgotten what it really means to smile. My wall of smiles. Hm. Fifty of those pretty smiles were scavenged. Back then that's what I was, a lowly scavenger. Head sawed off corpses I stole from graveyards and morgues across the state. I have a knack for getting into places others can't. One can unfortunately see my early and somewhat robust inexperience with many of the scavenged trophies. In the beginning, I used cleavers and various saws, but the blunt force fractured the bone and harmed the teeth, as is painfully evident. Like anyone who takes pride in their work, I look back at those scavenging days of long ago with a little bit of embarrassment. Cringe. But hey, we all have to start at the bottom, don't we? I have improved, though. The man sitting here now is no longer the cringy, awkward, lowly scavenger, nopidoki. Exit, clumsy scavenger... Enter the hunter, the perfect hunter, which brings us to the center of my wall of smiles. <sighs> Ten special jars stand. Not emerald green, but glass tinted a soothing turquoise. Right in the middle looms the empty jar, but for now I do not focus on that one, not yet. I bask in the quiet glory of the others. They glow vibrant and separate in a row of their very own. These special smiles. My crown jewels, the creme de la creme of the wall of smiles are not the smiles scavenged from mere dried up corpses. No, this collection I sawed off the faces of the living. Someone gave their life for each of these. For my art? Each candidate studied, stalked, and hunted down methodically and patiently. I can't help but stare in awe at how perfectly I saw the mandibles from the rest of the face. True beauty. True art. For these extra special nine smiles, I shunned the meat cleavers and axes. Too primitive. No, I needed something special. I couldn't find what I was looking for anywhere, so I made it. May I introduce you to Madame Katana. A precision saw with a fine chain blade lined with diamond edges. With Madame Katana, fractured smiles are a thing of the past. She is able to glide through bone like a scalpel across the eye and around the lower maxilla and upper mandible, leaving me with clean pieces of perfection. Once Madame Katana has done her job, I do mine and fuse the parts into a perfect smile. Reparation plus patience equals success, a mantra to live by. I know, it sounds a little Dr. Phil. Hmm. Now, wouldn't Philly boy make an interesting candidate? Strange smile. Anyway, finding the right candidate takes time and preparation, so I keep things simple. Male, female, hetero or homo, black, white, none of that matters. I don't discriminate. The world has enough of that, thank you very much. Social networks are God's gift to my art. I'm like a fox in a chicken coop, it's so easy. Potential candidates post their entire lives on these platforms, daily updates of whereabouts, what they're eating, who they're eating with, what party they're going to and where they are. And of course, the photos are the true calling cards. Everything needed is all there in these bright, big and happy faces. Hey, 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 jazz. Jazz. So no, not yet. Now is not the time. Happy thoughts for now. Remember the work done to get here. See if there are any flaws, anything that I need to change. It's okay, Jeff. I know that I can't ignore the empty jar for much longer, but I allow my mind to drift to that night seven months ago. I remember number nine like it was yesterday Miles Thompson. Smiling Miles to his friends, or just Smiles, my last candidate. Went to New Wales College and was known for always having a smile. My kind of guy. A third-year social science student who loved dogs, listened to Kendrick Lamar and Snoop Dogg, read lots of car magazines and books about sports stars. Standard stuff. He had also just been diagnosed with a terminal form of leukemia. He still smiled but not as much as he used to. Miles wanted to be happy again, like my mother did. Just breathe. Just breathe in. Just breathe in. Smiling Miles put up a hell of a fight the night we finally met. I did not expect that. The chloroform I made didn't take effect as quickly as it should have. I suspect I didn't add enough ethanol and possibly a pinch too much lime. Anyway, it did the trick in the end. What I really love about Miles is the tiny gap between the two front incisors, a perfect imperfection. And I told him so that warm, rainy night in the park after I fought him down. As his struggles became feeble and his panicked moans became scared whimpers, I said, Don't worry, Smiles. You're gonna be happy forever. The smell of cheap red wine and spearmint-flavored chewing gum sputtered off his lips as he gasped his final breaths. I think that my words calmed him some because his rigid hands relaxed and slowly slid down the side of my face like a lover's final caress. That's his jar next to the one that stands empty. I'm proud of how Miles Thompson's smile turned out. His canines are slightly longer than the incisors, with the outer incisors in perfect proportion to the inners, lovely, just lovely. The most perfect of all my smiles so far, yet nothing compared to the one that will fill the empty jar by the end of the night. The papers went wild after the police found Miles' headless body in the park the next afternoon. Another young body missing their head. A new serial killer is on the loose. Press are calling me the Night Executioner. A Little bit meh, if you ask me. They could have come up with something more creative, like the Dentist of Death or the Surgeon of Sadism. King Canine would be my choice. But then again, the police don't know about my teeth collection. All they know is that I'm leaving a heap of headless bodies in my wake. It's better that way. I can't remember when I decided to start collecting smiles, But I remember why. Smiles are life's mysterious secret treasures. When a person lies, you see it. When they are happy, you see it. Horny, angry, even desperate. It's all right there on the teeth. The smiles I am most interested in are the sad ones. Ever seen a young woman in an abusive relationship smile or a father that has lost his daughter? Those are the most beautiful smiles in the world. Enough reminiscing about jar number nine. It's the one next to it that's important now. That single empty jar stares at me, mocking me, calling me a failure. The jar is suddenly a gaping hole on the shelf. It's wrong, a shit stain on the wall of a model home. It's worse. Much worse. Hey, it's Jeff. Empty. Hey, Jeff. The jar is empty. empty. It's okay, Jeff. Think Calm down, Jeff. Preparation plus patience equals success. That's it. <sighs> it's okay, Jeff. The smile that is meant to fill jar number 10 is out there in the city right now close my eyes can't look at the jar instead I take one final moment before I descend into the city and begin my prowl one final moment to see her in her full perfection without her I can destroy all these other jars and myself right after with her well with her I will be complete I will be perfect that thought creates an ember of warmth that radiates across my chest. <laughs> Time to visualize. Mentally prepare. She leans down and her pale face floats towards me in the sweet dreams of flowery perfume. Her red hair bright flame in the gloom. Her green enchanting eyes cast a secret spell. Her glossy red lips part and Oh my god. Oh, my merciful God. She smiles. Marion. Marion Mercier. Heat spreads into my groin and fills me with hard, pleasurable agony. Oh. Oh. What a smile. When I open my eyes, I stare straight at the empty jar, but this time it's a promise. A promise of the ultimate prize. I see her white, beautiful teeth in the jar for a wonderful, short-lived moment my balanced world is restored. I still haven't figured out the cause of the sadness in her smile. Even after months of watching and studying her to the point that I know her better than I know myself, it's the saddest smile of my whole collection. Once her smile is preserved in the jar, I'll ponder that mystery. Tonight, my Marion, is a special night. Tonight is hunting night. Tonight, you will be happy forever. You will be mine. The sports bag with the freshly sharpened machete and plastic lined interior stands ready by the door, big enough to fit Marion's head. In the cellar, everything has been set up for my return. The aircon cools the air, the plastic sheets cover the floor, and the musk-scented incense sticks are ready to be lit. The bottles of peroxide, bleach, enamel varnish, and chlorine are lined up on the table. Next to it is an array of scalpels and hand files, and finally... My pride and joy, Madam Katana. Two tubs for leftovers are underneath my work table. On Monday, I'll take the tubs to the hospital and pop the bits and pieces into the incinerator. Helps being a patient care technician. Preparation plus patience equals success. Time to change into my black uniform. Restlessness overcomes me, tingles up my spine, but I clutch onto a wafer-thin cord of control. Impatience leads to recklessness. Recklessness leads to failure, and we can't have that. A road sign reading South Lawndale Burrows floats by. Streetlights give their depressing, sickly glow as I take a slow drive to the downtown slums, known as the burrows. Filled with degenerates, has-beens, and never-will-bes. Dirt and grime stain the building facades like smudged eyeliner. Buildings become taller, gloomier, uglier. The lights seedier. Blurry figures haunt the street corners. Bright, garish signs flash cheap promises of triple X-rated movies, wet sex, and casino jackpots. Ladies approach cars with desperate and ugly smiles etched in their sallow faces like scars. This is where Marion lives and works. Yes, lives and works. This personification of perfection works these streets. Why? How is that possible? How did she end up here? You'll be so thankful, Marion. I'm your escape from this hideous landscape. I'm your savior. Drive down a few more blocks. Traffic quietens and I park in the lot of a Mullins 24-hour convenience store. Three drunks huddle at the side of the entrance slurring in some guttural foreign language I can't stand the sound of. The surveillance cameras on the building's corner don't bother me, they're permanently out of order. My registration plates are fake. The car is stolen and my outfit will be incinerated. Cap, black wig, fake mustache and all. I have a few things going for me. The police hardly ever patrol the burrows, especially in the early hours. Marion's routine is easier to read than a toddler's book on farm animals. Combine that with months of detailed preparation. This job will be simpler than plucking the wings off a dead fly. There was also the issue of the little girl. That's right. Marianne is one of our country's courageous single moms. Something strange occurred to me. Marianne Mercier worked alone. She had found a little corner that was all hers to avoid turf issues. Completely alone. No pimp or other ladies of the night around. Solitude is a bad move in their business. Usually, working girls stick together for safety reasons. You never know who could be watching. Marion actively seeks seclusion. Good news for me, (laughs) means I don't have to rush when the time comes, I can savor the moment. Must be wary of some sort of weapon though. I haven't seen one, but she must be armed in some way, lots of weirdos around. During the weeks of tracking my goddess, I considered simply picking her up in the guise of a client. I tried this method with a 20-year-old prostitute named Lewis. I asked him to go down on me, and as he bent over, I took out the methanol. An effective method is the position is very awkward for the victim. They can't fight back. I just need to make sure they don't pull my Johnson out too quickly. That could become problematic in unpleasantly painful ways. <laughs> I step into the drizzle, cross the street, I studied some of the patients at the hospital and can imitate a perfect limp. I disappear into the darkness of an alleyway. If anyone sees me, they'll tell the police they saw a harmless looking man with a limp. Practice plus patience equals success. Shadows shroud me as I make my way down alleys and side streets. Bucking Street is empty except for a few cars parked on the sidewalk. Saturday morning, 1.15. My goddess always works into Saturday morning, so she is still on duty. Just over half an hour. We'll meet for the first and last time. A black stray cat sits under a boarded-up storefront awning, licking its paws. Usually, cats and I like each other. This cat hisses at me as I pass. A dead gray rat lies decimated at its paws. Don't worry, buddy. I have my own prey to hunt. Keep your rat The cat keeps a close eye on me as I pass. But I have no time to worry about weird cats. I have my own hunting to do. Four large garbage containers line the right-hand side of the alleyway. Three lights are mounted on the alley wall. The first light illuminates the entrance while the last is further in. Two nights ago, I smashed the second light with a brick on my third throw. Not bad for a guy who sucked at any game involving a ball. Now, the glare from the first light obscures the vision of someone entering the alley, making it difficult to see beyond the second garbage container. With my back against the side of the third container, I slide down into the darkness. Eyes on the entrance of the alleyway. I unzip the side flap of the sports bag and very gently pull out the hunting knife. The man at the camping shop said it was used for deer. Usually I don't use knives, but tonight needs to be different. No chloroform for Marion Mercier. She is going to get a particularly special gift from me. A second smile. One that opens from left to right across her throat. Time drags by like a disease. A couple of youngsters walk by, laughing and passing a bottle to each other. It's 2.05. Oh, where the hell are you, Marion? Damn it, you pissed at home, Jeff. A long one. Even hopped on one leg a bit to make sure every last drop was out. Doesn't matter if I empty an entire lake into the toilet, I always need to pee again before I make a move. Must be nerves. For some reason, my nerves are particularly busy tonight. Usually the moments before a kill are when I am at my calmest, my most serene. But I never miss anything, never, ever, ever. I've gone through every detail a hundred times, yet I can't shake the feeling that I'm not seeing something. No, no, no. It's nerves. That's all. She's gonna be your tenth one. Tenth kill, and she's the most... important one of them all, the most perfect after Marion. I, I, I don't need to do this anymore. I'll be normal. I'll be complete. It's a big occasion. Patience plus preparation equals success. Good. That feels better. Something moves into the middle of the entrance. Fucking cat! Stupid thing just sits at the entrance of the alleyway, staring at me. Where the hell is she? Should have been here already. What? What, you irritating animal? What the hell are you gawking at? Shit! I snap back behind the container, eyes on the entrance. A car. Headlights sweep across the alley. For a moment, the cat's shadow tears across the walls like an exercise demon as the cat scoots past me in a black blur. A leg drifts out of the car. A red high heel lands on the shiny tarmac. It's her. My god. She's here. I can smell her. Marian Mercier. You got it, handsome. See you next week. My heart doesn't race. It slows. My nerves calm. This is the real thing. And I'm prepared. Focus comes to me at last. My sight hones in on the narrow space between the two apartment blocks that form the alley's entrance. A car speeds past in a red streak and leaves a tense quiet over the burrows. For a moment, I wonder if the new stillness is in my mind. An effect of the adrenaline and intense focus. But it isn't. Not entirely, because the quiet that hangs over the alley is different. No one is arguing anymore. No dogs barking. No sirens howling. Even the hum of distant traffic is gone. The only sound is high heels on the pavement. My heart gives a sudden violent punch, and, 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 and there she is. Standing between the buildings like the goddess she is, her long, thin legs are laced in sensual black stockings. They pour into her red high heels, her breasts are two scoops of lust under a tightly fitted yet elegant white shirt and her long red hair, a smoldering fire in the night. Marion Mercier tilts her face up at the light. For a moment, her illuminated expression is frozen in some distant memory. The left corner of her lips twitches up in a small smile. Marion laughs for some reason. Her lips part to reveal those teeth, those perfect, beautiful teeth. I have to have them, I have to, now! A primal urge jerks me forward, but I force myself not to move another inch. Wait, Jeff. Damn it, remember. Patience. I'm still too far from her, at least 20 feet. If she scares, she'll run. I don't want her scared. Not until I have her in my arms and my knife at her throat. Marion slides her hand into her purse and comes out with lipstick. She perfectly touches up her lips without a mirror and puts the lipstick back before clipping her purse shut. Forgetting something, Why? If you're on your way home, are you touching your pretty little face up? Never had I seen Marion with a man outside of the professional parameters of her work, so it would be unlikely she was planning on seeing a special someone, and even more so at this ungodly hour. But the niggling thought vanishes as she takes a step into the alley. Focus. I inch closer on the corner of the container, slow and careful. I move as if the alley is rigged with landmines. She gets closer and I can see the red stitching that lines the hem of the black skirt and the flower patterns twirling up her stockings. I lower my stance, ready to bounce. My fingers crack as I flex the stiffness out of my hand. Wait, Jeff. Easy. Almost there. Marian glides closer, so close that a subtle hint of her sweet perfume and the sensual smell of her skin overpower the alleyway stench. She smells so good. It threatens to reel me out of my hiding place. I slide the knife back as I see the light glow of her milky white neck. She is only eight feet from me. Five feet. Hand grips hard around the knife. I lower into a crouch. Three feet. Thighs are taut and trembling, ready to lunge. Marion, you are mine. Huh? Marion stops right in front of me. Are you sneaking up on me? What? Come over here, you. What the hell? How, how, how do you know? Doubt and confusion slams into me, but how does she. The cat. The little pest saunters over to Marion and she bends over and runs her fingers across the feline's back. Let's get home, Mr. Gosi. Okay, let's get this party started. My shoulder rubs along the side of the container. The leather makes the faintest of scraping noises. The cat's ears prick up. Bright green eyes widen at me. Oh shit. Marion turns in my direction and stares straight into my eyes. I leap out of the dark, free hand reaches for her. She stumbles back in a fluster, and her perfume is strong in the rush of air. I grip Marion by the throat and ram her against the wall. Her head knocks into the bricks. The cat makes a run for it. I wanted to be behind her, but this is better. I can look into her eyes. I pull the knife back and angle it at her stomach. I didn't want it to be this way. I wanted this to be slower, Marion. wanted you to savor it more. I wanted to give you a second smile, one across your throat. Her beautiful face twists into a grimace. Her lips and chin tremble. Oh, like Johnson pulls hard in my pants like a flagpole. She's too scared to fight back. She's helpless. She's got no fight in her whatsoever. She's perfect. Oh, Marion, come on. Smile for me one last time. Smile for me now, and I promise I'll make you smile forever. Mom, mama. I look to my right. And still gripping marion what's going on is everything okay marion's daughter darcy stands between the two buildings pink pajamas with big red hearts the child looks totally out of place in the filthy alleyway black smudge stains the otherwise spotless white fluffy slipper on her right foot the girl glances at my knife up against her mother's stomach then up at her mother's face i'm scared mama The thought pops into my mind how the hell am I going to squeeze a second head into my bag now? Back to the task at hand, Jeff. I turn back to Marion, knife ready to finish the job, but... Marion is just staring at me. What? What are you smiling at? The fear of a moment ago is gone and vanished into the night. Instead, all that's there is that smile. Not the kind of smile I'm used to in these situations. This one is... playful. What are you smiling at? I stab the knife forward, but her arm comes up with such force that it flings the knife out of my hand. Ow! Christ! Pain shoots up my wrist. I think it's broken. She broke my wrist. I scramble for the alley's entrance. Patience and preparation have passed out on the floor. Panic has busted in. It's time for Elvis to leave the building. Time to make like Donald and Duck. Time to hit the road, Jack. Something is very wrong in this little twist. I'll figure out exactly what later in the comfort of the Smile Cave, but right now I have to get the hell away! An image of the empty jar on the shelf pops into my mind. The jar is empty! Shut the fuck up! I'll put your dumb teeth in the fucking jar if you don't shut your stupid mouth! Maybe some jars are better left empty. Maybe some teeth are better left where they are! I dart to my right, but a vice like grip on my shoulder stops me dead in my tracks. Ah! You've been a bad boy. I'm a helpless kitten in her grasp. A flick of her wrist whirls me around face to face now. Her green eyes are bright. Too bright. We're not done here yet. She pulls me up against her, her breasts press against my chest. Her genitals rub against my Johnson, but Johnson, the fucking coward, has followed Elvis out of the building. Her tongue licks my lips, but there's nothing sexy about her anymore. Nothing at all? Feels like a lion is playing with her food. I try to make sense of what's going on and fathom what to do, but confusion and panic have muddled my thoughts. Crazy bitch plus fucked up shit equals one fucked up scenario. With all my strength, I try to shove my way out of her grasp. Not so fast. But it's no use. Powerful arms wrap around me, one around my waist and the other around the back of my neck. Sudden violent rush of wind punches the breath out of me. Can't even scream. Oh, my heart nearly stops. Warm wetness spreads around my crotch. What the hell? What the mighty hell? What the... Above the city. At first, my brain doesn't comprehend this, but it's true. We're floating above the, the fucking city. I could see little red traffic lights. Car lights blink on the streets. The wind is cold and blowing a light spray of rain into my face. Oh my god. What is this? What is this? I turned to look at her. Her red hair blows into her face, and her eyes are now a bright yellow like two stars. We are face to face like lovers. Her red lips spread and slowly part. Oh, my dear God. Her canines elongate to sharp, glistening points. This is the most beautiful smile I have ever seen. Her eyes flash a savage red, and she dives her face into the side of my neck. Ah! My own deep pain throbs as her teeth sink into my flesh. A headache hits the instant I feel the heavy suction in my neck. Marion greedily gulps and my arms and legs go slack as if I just took the mother of all muscle relaxers. My vision blurs. My eyes go heavy. Hallucinations or memories that does not belong to me fill my head. Old, timeless, tired suddenly. Her hand supports my head, keeps it in position. I feel a strange kind of vitality violate my body, my life force being replaced by another. It makes me feel ill. (laughs) My stomach bullets into my throat and I pass out as we dive back down. Weird groaning, gloomy, cold, lightheaded pain in my neck. That weird groaning again. Slowly, kaleidoscope vision swirls into coherence. What? Where? Where the hell am I? Some kind of well? A fucking crypt? Hey! somebody help nothing I see nothing I get dizzy for a second whatever she drugged me with hasn't worn off (gasps) Darcy floating in front of me out of nowhere upside down look mom he's waking up hey Darcy little girl what's happening where am I shit it's me I'm the one that's upside down. Hung up, my wrists, ankles, and head strapped tight to the wall like some trophy. Marion puts a protective arm around her child and smiles down at me. Good morning, sleepyhead. Please, Marion! Please let me go! What's that? What's that sound? I focus on the shadows further back, but it's too dark. She brings her hand up, gives me a smile, and clicks her fingers. Fire lamps flare on the walls of the big circular room. Rock, for the most part. The cave, or ancient castle vault. Welcome to your new home. That's where the groans are coming from. Them. The others. Maybe ten or fifteen that I can see with more than the shadows beyond. Hung up on the walls, upside down. Naked. Some are nothing but skin and bone. Metal clamps over their mouths. Ankles bolted together and arms out. Upside down, human crucifixes and... Holy shit. Holy shit. They're all alive. Bulging, terrified eyes darting all over the place. Marion? Hey. Marion, damn it. Who the fuck are those people? Who are they? Darcy's eyes fixed on mine. Capturing my attention with no effort at all. I can feel her sifting through my memories, picking at them. He's a bad man. He smells like the others. She openly shares some memories of her own. Memories of hunting the wicked with her mom. No. Worse. Hey. Hey, Darcy. I'm not bad, just a little fucked in the head. My thoughts scramble as I feel her inside my head, rummaging around, casting a sickly light in the dark corners. Nowhere to hide. Jeffrey lay bare. Found guilty and condemned to spend eternity in this cave upside down. Let me go! Please let me go! Please, please let me go. I'll be good. I'll do anything, please, please. Hush now. You're upsetting the food. What's that? No, 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 no! <laughs> Darcy puts a metal clamp over my mouth, bored of me already. I try to struggle, but it's no use. I try to scream, sounding like those other poor bastards moaning away in the darkness. No! I will not be like them! Patience plus equals... I can get out of this. must get out. familiar sound. I look up straight into Marion's eyes. Here's a little housewarming present. Would you look at that? She found her jar. She holds it up to her face and I see her smile through the glass. That beautiful hateful smile. Perfection. She sets the empty jar down on the ground, right in front of me. Wait, where are you going? (laughs) What is this? No, 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 I try in vain to move my head. No escape. The jar, empty forever. Hey Jeff, and hey Jeff, it's Jeff! It's jar, jar, Jeff! Jar empty, Jeff! the th- jar is empty, Jeff, the fucking jar is empty, you worth a piece of shit. <Pittsburgh>! Forever, Jeff, forever! <laughs> forever, Jeff! forever! <laughs> <laughs> Spider Spider presents Teeth starring Burkett Turton, also featuring Emily Carlson and Christy Suttner. Written and produced by Dan Antonakis and Ancia van Heerden. Original music by Max Arouge. Additional music by John G.K. Direction and sound design by Ancia van Heerden. Executive producer Victoria Burkhart. Based on the short story by Eddie Cantrell.